Aloha, everyone. It's Dr. Lisa Hartwell. Welcome to Anxiety Ease, the show that reveals a calm mind is an organized mind, and an organized mind is a calm mind. We'll make it fun and inspirational with a bit of learning the neuroscience and the real reason some of us keep pushing on professionally, good or bad, at the expense of leading life with inner peace. Hey, hey, welcome to the Anxiety Ease Show, where we dive into the world of professional development and mental well-being for professionals and business owners. In today's episode, Mastering the Mind, Strategies for Managing Overthinking with High-Functioning Anxiety as a Professional, we're going to tackle a common challenge faced by us humans with high-functioning anxiety, which is overthinking. We're going to explore some practical strategies and techniques to help you manage overthinking and regain that control, allowing you to thrive in your professional life. Are you ready? Let's jump in. When we talk about understanding overthinking and its impact, it's such a common thing, isn't it? And it feels like one of those things that the train has left the station and there's no stopping that train in its tracks. But to begin, let's let's define overthinking again and its implications for professionals with high functioning anxiety and how it, you know, really affects decision making, productivity, and overall, basically overall mental well-being, right? You know, and as a psychologist specializing in, in, in anxiety, a deeper understanding of overthinking and its connection to high functioning anxiety can bring really an understanding of what it is and what it might look like through rumination, catastrophizing, and excessive worry. Rumination is that idea of where you can't stop thinking about one particular thought over and over. Catastrophizing, meaning you make something bigger and huge that it's going to end badly always. And then, of course, excessive worry is different because that's just general worry about everything as opposed to one thought. But the key characteristic of high-functioning anxiety and how it differs from other clinical anxiety disorders, remember, is rooted in the behavior of avoidance, mostly. Those of us with high-functioning anxiety don't spend too much time avoiding at all. In fact, we lean in and we ambitiously get more accomplished. That's really what we do in reaction to when we have that underlying hum of high-functioning anxiety going on in our lives. And, you know, one of the thing of recognizing overthinking um, is really about looking at patterns and triggers. And overthinking often follows certain patterns, and it's triggered by specific situations or events typically. And I kind of want to go a little bit deeper in what three common overthinking patterns are. There's there's generally about maybe five or six, but I just wanted to cover a few in the this particular episode today because they're really the most common that that clients come in with and what we what we see and one of those things might be that you see yourself doing is catastrophizing and catastrophizing is really a pattern of thinking that involves imagining and magnifying the worst case scenario in various situations for example Maybe you're a business owner and you receive negative feedback on a certain project you're working on. And you might catastrophize that by envisioning it as a complete failure leading to a downfall in your business. It might be that beginning of the end in your mind. And it's just, 
it's really hard for you at all to take, excuse me, any type of feedback. And this happens a lot when you're thinking about that in terms of uh, the pressure to succeed, the pressure to profit, the the, the pressure to produce, especially in business. Those are the kind of the three hallmarks of, you know, of what me being in business means, right? And so when you're thinking about that, any type of um, feedback that you're going to receive is going to be amplified by the pressure that you're bringing into that. And we're going to talk about this at the end, a little bit about how to manage those thoughts, but just to kind of give you an idea of what that might look like. And if you possibly are doing that type of uh, that type of overthinking known as catastrophizing. The second one is called analysis paralysis. You might've heard of this one. And this is really a pattern of overthinking that manifests as an excessive and never ending analysis of possible options and potential outcomes. It really can hinder decision-making and productivity because you become overwhelmed by the fear of making the wrong choice. And you might be one of those people that you have an endless, an endless pro and con list without ever taking action because it feels more comfortable in your mind and your anxiety wants you just to really calm down, right? That if you can get it out of your head, let me just make a pro and con list. And then you never really decide and take action on that on either one on either side. That's where analysis paralysis comes in that you constantly go over and ruminate about a possible and potential possibilities, but you never get anywhere. And then the third one is mind reading. And this pattern involves assuming what others are thinking or perceiving about oneself without concrete evidence. So for example, if a professional doesn't receive an immediate response to an email, which happens or a text or a phone call, you might assume that, you know, the person is upset or disappointed with you, even though there might be some valid reasons for the delayed response. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but it, it probably just depends on on the urgency of in your mind, because sometimes the urgency in your mind isn't a created emergency in the other person's mind. And, and so you really have to be careful about what your assumptions are in your own mind and projecting that in really that's known as mind reading or trying to mind read and assuming what somebody else is is thinking as opposed to maybe they're just busy or maybe they want to be send a more thoughtful response so they want to take some time about how they respond back to your email would be an example so let's talk about what we can possibly do about just the, at least these three examples helping you to identify these triggers that leads to excessive rumination and analysis you know, there's some practical exercises and techniques that we can all do that we can do to really self-reflect to become aware of your own overthinking patterns and triggers. And the one thing I want to say about that in relation to patterns and triggers is, you know, one thought isn't a problem. One time of overthinking and being triggered is really not an issue. Anytime in psychology, what we look at is we're always looking at patterns. We always look at patterns and and consistencies in behavior, and those are the pieces of you can change. 
And of course, if you've been listening to the podcast or you know me at all, you know, I talk about those neural connections. And when we talk about overthinking patterns, you're really, really wiring yourself and your neuron pathways to be an overthinker. And so if you can wire yourself to be an overthinker, you can also wire yourself in a different direction. So this is really the crux of what some of these exercises and ideas of shifting overthinking into a different direction. That's really what they're the basis of them as far as the science goes for that. And the first one is what we call thought journaling. And, you know, this is an idea that you, you can do two things, two parts to this. One, it's about keeping a thought journal where you write down your thoughts and feelings throughout the day. And it really helps you identify recurring patterns and triggers of overthinking as opposed to those one-off times. And you can note situations and the thoughts when they arise, the emotions, how you're feeling. You, you might not just feel anxious. You might be frustrated or angry or sad. And then possibly any physical sensations that you experience as well. I always tell folks that, you know, one of the things you might think about is just thinking about your five senses of, you know, what you see, what you hear, what you um, feel. Um, and when you think about documenting and journaling those, uh, try not to give me a big uh, collective groan <laughs> because I get that a lot. Oh, I don't want to do a journal. Oh, I try journaling. I always say this is called an anxiety ease podcast for a reason. I make everything easy in our lives. And whatever works for you, I'm telling you, it doesn't really matter the modality that you choose. It's about whether or not you do it and you do the recognition. It's the recognition and taking action on what you're tracking as far as the, the patterns that makes the changes in the brain. So it can look at something as simple as tracking on your phone. Just, you know, upload the app. I, I have a notepad on mine. And every time you uh, feel like you're getting triggered or you're having this these recurring patterns of overthinking, just whip out your phone and do a voice message to yourself on the notepad. You know, in other words, dictate. You don't have to have a pencil and paper. I personally like my journals. I am a journal gal. I love paper and pen. I love pens. I love I love office supply stores, full disclosure. <laughs> I could um spend all day spending money on pens and paper. And I love journals. So, but if that's not you and you're more electronic, then that works. And you know what? Even if you think about it and recognize it and call attention to it and you're not documenting it until the end of the day, that's okay too. It's really those two pieces for that one though that really makes the changes in the brain, which is the recognition and then of course the documentation and tracking. The second one is mindfulness meditation and another one, please no collective groans here on meditation because there is umpteen ways to accomplish mindfulness. And remember mindfulness meditation is really to cultivate present moment awareness. At the end of the day, in its simplicity, that's what you're going for. So if you can manage focusing on something like your breath or particular sensations in your body, and you can observe thoughts without judgment, this practice really helps you detach from your thoughts. 
and recognize when overthinking is happening. And this can take place in many different ways. And it does not have to be something as complicated as going through any any type of, um, you know, organized meditation or mindfulness. It can be something as simple as, well, for us here, you know, walking on the beach and taking off your slippers and walking with the sand between your toes and only focusing on that. That's really mindful to be able to focus on one sensation that's happening with your body really helps your brain remember that when I'm overthinking, I have a lot going on. My brain is working overtime on thinking. If I'm training my brain through mindfulness meditation, I'm training it to think about one thing only. That's the power of mindfulness meditation and why, you know, just breath work works because you're just focusing on one thing. So we can we can talk about that. I might do an episode for you now that I'm talking about this. I might do a an episode on mindfulness meditation a little bit deeper for you and talk you through just really amplify that one and why that one's so important. Essentially is an antidote for overthinking. Um, so the next one is pattern recognition. I wanted to talk about this one because it's really about reviewing those thought journals that you've collected. And then what you're doing is you're sitting back and you're looking about essentially as a third person and and really identifying common themes, patterns, or triggers that actually led to the overthinking. So there's always that step because remember, all neurons are connected to each other. But what we tend to do is we tend to focus on the ones that are already lit up. What we want to do is we want to look at the one that just before those neuron pathway got lit up, what was that one that got triggered? That's what you're targeting. It helps you recognize specific triggers that initiate that overthinking cycle. That's where the magic sauce is. And then this final one you might have heard of before is a fabulous grounding technique. And it's called 54321 grounding technique. And it helps you really bring your attention to the present moment. And what you do is you identify and name five things that you can see, four things that you can touch, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you taste. Let me say them again. Five, four, three, two, one. Five things that you see, four things that you can touch, three things that you hear, two things that you smell, and one thing that you taste. And it really helps you, this is more of an intentional practice, helps you shift focus away from overthinking and into the present environment. And when I work on clients with this one, it's really about, the seeing one is easy, right? Um, And usually touching for things to touch is a pretty easy thing to do as well. Um, Hearing is something you have to put some intention behind. So in other words, so say if you're outside, it would have to be, maybe I hear birds chirping. Maybe I hear different types of birds. Each one of those counts as one or two, right? Maybe I hear traffic. Maybe I hear dog barking. Um, Maybe you hear somebody shouting or laughing. So those just really simplistic baseline idea of focusing on those grounding techniques. 
Now, the two things that you smell, those are the ideas if I usually tell people you might be, again, if you're inside or outside, it could be something as simple as someone's perfume or your own. Um, if you use essential oils, this might be an idea of you can actually put on essential oil and and uh, go ahead and just take a deep breath with that. The idea is just to ground it, but it's really about taking the idea of how can I ground myself intentionally using my five senses. And it, believe me, it really does help when you do this intentional practice to shift focus away from overthinking back into your present environment, back into your body. And you might have to maybe put this one on your calendar and put it in a notification so you remind yourself to do this. Uh, When I usually ask folks to do this, I usually ask them to do it at least once or twice a day. It just doesn't take that long, but it's more about the practice in creating this new pattern of being present-minded and in your body as opposed to overthinking. So those are kind of just, again, three different ideas for you to think about. Um, I hope that was helpful. Um, So when we're talking again about ways to master your mind and manage that overthinking as a high-functioning anxiety professional, um, catastrophizing, analysis, paralysis, and mind reading, and then thinking about ideas of self-reflection exercises as thought journaling, mindfulness meditation, pattern recognition, and the 54321 grounding technique. If you want any more tips and tricks or ideas for intervention to rewire those neuron pathways, just reach out and uh, give me a holler on social media messaging, or you can send me an email anytime. And again, just as a reminder, the high-functioning anxiety quizzes in the show notes, go ahead and take that and see where you are on the spectrum of high-functioning anxiety. And go ahead and book a call for a business strategy call and see how I can help you, how high-functioning anxiety is impacting you in your your professional life as well. But for now, ahui ho, and I will see you in the next uh, round of episodes. Take care. Aloha. Okay, that's a wrap for this week. The Anxiety Ease podcast is produced by myself and the music is provided by Pixabay. For more episodes or to get in touch anytime, you can visit my website, drlisahartwell.com. And if you do like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. Also, if you want to see where you fall in the continuum of your high-functioning anxiety, head on over to the link that's found in the show notes, heartwellanxietyassessment.com.